Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It's the 23rd of January, 2023. And on today's show, Kevin Ashenfelder, the voice of the Houston Cougars, joins the program. We look back at the 2022 football season that was for Houston and we look forward and ask, are the Cougars ready for life in the Big 12? That's coming up. Awesome conversation. You guys are going to enjoy it a lot. Before we get going today, huge note for you all moving forward. We are now brought to you all by FanDuel Sportsbook. That's right. The number one sportsbook in America is now backing us. And I have to I say, guys, I'm super pumped up because I'm a FanDuel user. And so like this fires me up a lot. Also, we have a deal for you guys to get going. Uh, you guys can go now to FanDuel backslash locked, uh, excuse me, FanDuel.com slash locked on. And you guys can sign up today and you guys can receive $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. So just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. They've got all of your favorite bets, guys. They've got everything like basketball wise, everything college hoops. They've got futures. They've got tonight's Kansas uh, um, uh, Baylor game. You guys can find that stuff there. Money lines, spreads, player props. Yesterday, I bet on whether the first two passes in the San Fran versus Dallas game were going to be complete or incomplete. The other day, I bet on Duke in Miami. Uh, first two made three-point shots. Will there, be, will there be two made three-point shots the first three minutes of the game? They have so many awesome props. I think the interface cannot be beat. I think it's the best interface in all of the sports gambling apps that you guys are going to find. They have fantasy. They have all that stuff. So once again, if you guys place your first $5 bet at uh, uh, with, with FanDuel.com slash locked on, you will get $150 in free bets, win or lose. Once again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the NFL, and now the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, friends, here we go. Kevin Eschenfelder is coming up, the voice of the Houston Cougars. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Big 12 Podcast today, Kevin Eschenfelder, the voice of the Houston Cougars, is joining us. Kevin, you're really back by popular demand. I mean, all the Houston fans are always asking, like, bring back Kevin, talk some Houston Cougars football. So we'll do that today. Um, you. Just general thoughts on the season. I mean, I, I guess the word disappointment comes to mind, but because, you know, I think people were expecting almost for a maybe even Cincinnati-ish type run. Obviously, it ends, they end up being over 500 uh, on the year. So you're just the thoughts on the season in general. And is disappointment a word that, that kind of comes to your mind? I, I think that's fair. Uh, expectations may have been a little little high going in which is you know it's like the the whole preseason rankings and things like that are what are we basing this on and things like that but you know it's uh yeah it was a disappointing season it was a disappointing end I, there was uh i i'm i'm a i'm not one that a lot of people will will uh discount 
the, the quality of play in the American Conference, and I think that's wrong. And I think we saw that with Tulane. We mm-hmm. saw it with Cincinnati the year before when they had nine players taken in the NFL draft. Uh, but you know, there, there was disappointing. There were disappointing games. The, the game at, at SMU was was disappointing. Other than the fact that the Astros won the World Series that night, uh, you know, uh, it, it was disappointing to you know you give up nine touchdowns on nine possessions. You just those are things you, that that you don't want to see ha- happen. Uh, the Texas Tech game, you know, you, you get off the field literally if you get off the field in overtime in a four, in a fourth down and twenty, you win the game, uh, and you couldn't do that. So you know, it's that that little margin of between between winning and losing, and we all know that all too well. The most disappointing one was the last game of the season when you lost to Tulsa. Uh, that's one that you know, that's one you just that's a head scratcher there. But uh, you know, you just uh, you try to move forward and and, and get better. You know, they. Uh, Clayton Toon was outstanding. You know, he threw 40 touchdowns, uh, threw for over 4,000 yards. He did everything that he could possibly imagine. I think they missed Alton McCaskill more than mm-hmm. uh, more than people. It's one of those deals when you have a guy part of the season and it, then you lose him, everybody goes, oh, man, we really missed that guy. But when you never have him to begin with, and this is one of the best freshman running backs in the country from 2021, when you don't have him, uh, I think that, that affected this team a lot, and that's taking nothing away from the guys that did play back there. But uh, – uh, he was a he, he was a special he he is a special running back and, and they they missed him dearly but I think disappointing is is uh, certainly uh, you know something to be uh, a way that, to describe it from the standpoint you know injuries everybody has injuries they had some you know it wasn't about quantity as much as quality a guy Derek Parrish who was a national defensive player of the the week after the Texas Tech game uh, you know he. he tore a bicep or tore a pectoral muscle and he was out for the rest of the season. So they had some key injuries as well, but then again, everybody does. And that's not an excuse. Yeah. It's interesting because think about the, you know, the, the past at Houston, right? I think there was the, the, the conversation about like, Hey, is eight and you know, eight and five, whatever is eight and four, is that acceptable? You know, is, is that kind of the standard we've talked about with major Applewhite and whatnot. And then, you know, Dana Holgerson has what is in a lot of people's opinions, a disappointing season, but also you kind of turn the page and you think like, is there, you know, there really isn't anybody else that you'd want to transition you to the Big 12, you know, outside of Dana. Like, you're not going to go and get somebody else who'd help prepare you better than a guy who's already been in the league and actually had a lot of success in the league. So, you know, I think as upset as some people might be, like, you still probably think you have the right guy because of his experience in the league and also, like, offensively, too. I mean, it's, you know, his roots are are in this league, essentially. Yeah, and, uh, and he's going to have – he does know the league. You're absolutely right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's a results-based business. Uh, right. Dana knows that. He's the first person he'll tell you. And uh, so, you know, they, they gotta, they've they got to get better, and there's no doubt about that. And uh, yeah, that's that's no uh, – you know, that's no, no you know, uh, surprising thing for, for anybody that's around the program. And, and I think that he's uh, – he certainly knows that, and I think everybody uh, everybody around the program knows that. And I, and I think they will. Uh, I think that, that it's – you know, it's uh, it was something that needed to be built up uh, when he got here, and I think they've taken steps in the right direction, and I hope they continue to do that. Obviously, the, the level of competition is going to go up, and uh, right. the expectation is going to go up. The, uh, the, the interest is going to go up. All that comes with, with you know, going to the Big 12, and, uh, you know, they better be able to, to meet that challenge. And, and, and you know, we're going to see what, how it plays out. Uh, and, 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 I, man, I really hope it works out right, uh, well, and I, I think they have moved in the right direction, seeing some of the guys that, that are coming in. But, you know, that's the thing about whenever I look at these, these recruiting sites and things like that, who's signed and who's committed and who's not, I just, you know, the, the, 
you haven't done anything yet. You know, we've seen so many, we've seen three stars play like five stars and we've mm-hmm. seen five stars play like two stars. So we, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. And this league is, is really known for its I think guest development, but I, I will say this. I mean, you and I have talked about it before and I, I still feel the same way, you know, in terms of like location, there's really no place you'd rather be than, than Houston. And I always mention this too, like you go and you look at any SEC roster, you go and you look at some of the, you know, just maybe you take Ohio States, the USC's of the world, whoever else, Oregon's. I mean, there's probably some guys from either Houston or Missouri City or somewhere, you know, generally in that area. And so I still believe that because Houston now is playing power five football, the allure of Houston, the allure of staying at home, or now even the allure of transferring back home and being able to play at, you know, the once again, don't want to discount the AAC, but still there is a power five cachet to it. I still like where Houston is, obviously locationally. And I think, you know, transitioning to the Big 12, I mean, it's got to, you have to think it's going to help them. Like, there's no way it hurts them, right? I, I've talked with, with other coaches in other sports. Uh, I spoke with Dana yesterday. We didn't talk about that specifically, but mm. I have talked about it uh, with, with Todd Whitting, their baseball coach. And this was uh, a year and a half ago. He said, you know what, we're, we're two years away from going to the Big 12. And uh, it's, he said, I already see a difference as far as the recruiting is concerned, just guys that are going to have the opportunity to play. Yeah, it's absolutely going to make a difference. It, it, yeah, Like you said, we've talked about it. Uh, uh, there's so much talent here. Go look at those rosters, whether it's Ohio, Oklahoma. Uh, for years, mm-hmm. it was, you know, Oklahoma was made up of guys from Dallas and Houston. And uh, so, you know, you keep some of those here. And then with the transfer portal, you know, it's, it's for lack of a better term, it's, it's free agency. And so, you know, a guy's not happy whether he goes someplace else. And then, you know, he says, you know what, enough of that. I, I want some home cooking. Mom's right here. Uh, you know, I want to get back home, play in front of both my parents and, and, and things like that. So th- that, that's, that's another thing too. And there's a lot of things to do obviously in Houston. So that's a, that's, it's a, it's a big city and uh, that's good for some people, bad for some people, whatever the case may be, whatever you like. But uh, yeah, it, it should help. It will. It shouldn't. I, I shouldn't say it should help. It will help. It will absolutely help the recruiting. The biggest thing for Houston, I think, as we look forward, is they've got they had the eighth best in terms of passing yards per game, passing offense, right? Clayton Toon, obviously, was a guy was there for a while, played a lot of football, but they're going to have to move on from him now. And it sounds like it looks like they might be doing that in the form of a guy that um, you know. Had, had a really great – probably maybe his best performance. They actually did his best performance of the year. Donovan Smith against Houston this year. So do you think, you know, right now that's probably who's going to be the guy heading up the offense in, in 2023? Yeah, you know, that would be – I don't want to – I don't want to discount any of the other guys. Also, I don't think Dana was talking about yesterday was, you know, there's this is not the – we're not we're not done with the whole – you know, the, the portal closes right. – for a right, period, yeah. but then it opens back up again. So he, you know, I'm not saying that he said, we're going to bring somebody else in. I'm just saying, you know, it's still not concrete as to who's where and uh, who else you might get in. But Donovan Smith is uh, it's somebody that they, uh, I know that he, I, you look at his numbers. He, he, he threw it to the other team a whole lot, uh, you know, and so that's something that, you know, you can't do and expect to win in this league. Uh, but it's also something that it's correctable. And I don't ever want to judge a kid on his first year in playing college football because it goes, uh, you know, all too well, it, it goes, you know, it goes from 50 miles an hour to a hundred miles an hour. It's a different game. And, and that's not to say that somebody can't adapt. And I'm sure that they wouldn't have brought him in and brought, uh, if they didn't believe that he could be the kid that, uh, the young man that could adapt and, and change that up and get better. And, uh, you know, 
Uh, the college football is full of guys that that, that are going to be better. If, let's face it, if you're not better as a sophomore than you were as a freshman or, or your next year, that you're probably not going to be around very long. And that's uh, the game slows down to guys, and you're, you're hoping that's going to be the case. But you know, who's to say? I don't know what they're going to do. Um, you know, Lucas Coley is a guy that was fourth on the depth chart when this season started. There was no doubt Clayton Toon was going to take every snap that he was healthy to take. Right. Uh, for good reason. And uh, But the fact is is that Lucas Coley was a guy, he was fourth on the depth chart, uh, and, and he was he was the backup by the end of the season. And so that tells you something about what we can't see, which is what he does mm-hmm. in practice, which what he does in meetings, uh, things like that. And, and uh, so he's he's there, and I'm not going to ever discount a guy like that because you know how you know how it is. Some guys just uh, we saw it with, we saw it, can go back to the Texas days of Sims and Applewhite and things like that. So uh, you know you just never know. And uh, but uh, Donovan Smith, I think, I mean, you know, logic would tell you that that's the guy that that they would love to be uh, calling signals next year. Yeah, and I think he fits too. I mean, we saw how heavy they were in the QB run game this year. Yeah, Houston yes. was, and Donovan, I think. As much as I like Zach Hitley, and as much as I think he's Donovan's a good player, like the chuck it fifty-five times thing was not really. That's not his bag. Right. Uh, I, I think so. I think that that's kind of a you know that might work out a bit better. One guy that they're they I know they're making moves in the portal, getting a, a few guys at the receiver position, but losing Nathaniel Dell, man, that that guy was a special player. Always fun to watch. I think he's gonna have a good NFL career too. Go ahead. Just, just I, no, I, 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 I'm telling you, 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 you would go out there and, and watch him in warmups, and you know he'd come over and, and say hi and things like that. Man, you're looking at it, you're thinking, how in the world? He he was he was tiny and man, tough as nails, and just he had that. And, and it's like his name is Tank, right? Yeah, tank, yeah. well, yeah. yeah. He's, he, but he told me, and, and just to pull the curtain back a little bit, I asked him one day. I said, you know, because I would call him Nathaniel his first couple of years right. while I was calling the games, and he goes, "No, man, it's Tank." And I said, "Well, how'd you get Tank? Is it because you're so tough?" He goes, "No." So my mom said I had a big head. So I just, thought, <laughs> you know, that's that, that's 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 all. I, that's 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 from his words. But anyway, no, oh he he's just special. I mean, you know, even when they won the bowl game, it's like, how how do you? Just throw it to him and just let him go do something, and then he yeah. did. And it, you know, I always talked about the you know what what greatness is is that when the other team knows what you're going to do, and they still can't stop it. And you know, that's just it with him. You see guys miss, and and I, I appreciate so much. And I would have never, uh, I would have never criticized him for not playing in the bowl game, but the fact that he did that that's mm-hmm. to me that speaks to that speaks a lot about Tank Dell. Same thing for Clayton too. Uh, that they they played in that bowl game because you know I don't know I don't know why they played but other than the fact that I know Clayton said he goes I just we got to get another game on the schedule that's why I'm playing but yeah Tank is he's special and I agree with you I, I think he's going to have a, a really good NFL career he's that guy that man I've never seen anybody get a good shot on him I've never seen anybody yeah. I've never seen him be slow to get up off the off the turf and it's funny you know it's like I mean talk about sitting out of the bowl game this is a guy like who had that weird journey to get to the to where he was at Houston, you know, it's like you go to out with Alabama A&M and then independence community college. So it's like, you're there and you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I've, I've reached a point I'm going to get drafted. And I actually think it's more of a risk for those guys who are potentially later round guys to sit to, to play because there's a huge difference between going and drafted and, and getting drafted in terms of money and all that kind of stuff. So 
I think with that, <laughs> yeah, I'm my sorry. dog does it too. I'm no, sorry. Dog, yeah, no, you're all good. My dog does, likes we'll, to talk uh, too. I've got, I've got guys, uh, I got guys working. In the, in the it's all good. Front flower, um, and it's, you know, it just kind of shows you what guys. And look, I see a bunch. Of, I've already seen a bunch of articles with ter- teams being like, you know, writers, certain teams, like we want that guy, we want that guy, we want that guy. He's gonna find. He's gonna. He's gonna find his way. Um, on defense. Um, you know, I they well, they were awesome on third down. I think was it last year they had like a really really good yeah. third down defense twenty one. Yeah. How that play out in twenty twenty two? Because it just felt like they couldn't get everything working at the same. It was a big problem for them. Not everything was working at the same time. It felt like the offense would go cold. The defense would play well, okay sometimes, then the vice versa. How the how the defense do? And was that third down they're calling card like it wasn't fast? It, it was it's so weird. Uh, no, the defense it needed to improve. Yeah, that was that was I think the most disappointing part of the, the season. Obviously, was uh, was the defense because they were so good. They got after the quarterback and Derek Parrish, that edge rusher. I mean, I'm talking about an elite college edge rusher. Losing him that that was big. Uh, but you know, they just I mean they gave up. I, I think they gave up nine touchdowns on on nine possessions uh, to, to SMU. They just couldn't stop them. There were games in which – and then they go to East Carolina, who's on this six-game roll or whatever it was they were on, and they beat them 42-3. to three. And, and it was so, – so the inconsistency was somewhat maddening. But, it, uh, but you said – because you said, you know, if they can do this, why can't they, why, why can't they do it this week? And, and I think the inconsistency was something that was a, a big part of it. And we go back again, too, that, that they lost – Man, they lost some. They lost some dudes off that defense. I mean, they lost, you know, Marion Williams, Marcus Jones. Those, they, you, know, you lose bookend corners, Demarion Williams, uh, bookend corners from the year before. That's a big part. You know that. Okay, you say, well, that's just that's two guys. Well, you, you just don't know how much those two guys took the field and, and made it a half a field that they had to defend. You know what I'm saying? And then so, uh, you know, they they lost a lot, but defensively, that was that was probably the most disappointing part of it. When they needed to get off the field, they had trouble getting off the field. Something that they didn't have any trouble with the year before, and it, you know, it was a Doug Belt defense. It was still his defense, and and for the most part, it was the same guys, with the exception of the very very elite players that went on to the NFL from the year before. And it certainly made a difference. And that was uh, that was a frustrating part about it. Uh, when they needed some stops, they couldn't get them. I meant to ask you about the SMU game. What I mean. <laughs> It was crazy. It was, like, arena, it was like arena football. I was looking, you know, I was looking over at my counterpart from SMU on the other side, and I said, you know, Dallas Desperados versus the, you know, whomever, because it was how it was long like was arena that game? Football. It was. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it ended yet. It was bad. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was bad. It was, you know, it was a the the only like I said, the only redeeming quality, the only redeeming factor of that whole game was the fact that the Astros won the World Series that night. Right. So that was a. Uh, <laughs> How many cups of tea for you during that game? No, like, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bottled water guy. We don't get okay. we don't get tea on the road games. The guys at SMU wouldn't. You know, we we uh, just uh, it was it was a long night. It was a long night. It was a frustrating night because you know you just you felt like uh, you know after a few times you're like just just get a stop. And you know the funny right. part about that, Clayton throws an interception in the end zone at the end of the game, to which would have made it a seven point game. It, you know you give up. Whatever they gave up, I don't even remember what the score was, 70 to 63, whatever it was. It was a high scoring, I think it was the highest scoring regulation game uh, there's been. Uh, And they, you know, Clayton kind of threw a desperation pass into the end zone. They got picked off. Kid made a great play on it from SMU. Uh, They score there. It's a seven point game with like two and a half minutes left in the game. And so that's the, that was the, the crazy part that it was, 
because you're doing the game, you're thinking, well, this is going to be a blowout. And then all of a sudden, man, it's not a blowout. And, and uh, so, yeah, it, it was very frustrating. It was frustrating for everybody, everybody involved. But, uh, you know, move forward and, uh, you know, try to get better. And then, like I said, you go to East Carolina. I'm thinking, well, that happened at SMU. East Carolina's got a, uh, you know, veteran quarterback that, that slings it all over the yard, the number one passer in the history of this conference. No one's thrown for more. Uh, more yards and, and they beat them 42 to three. I was like, well, where was right. that? Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, and kind of gets us to like the, the tail part of this conversation. I mean, do you think, well, first of all, what, and is there any changes? I, 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 I'm, I've not done all my, my homework. So it's bad on me, but any changes staff wise that have been pretty significant for them heading into this coming season? Not to my knowledge. And, and, you know, no, not to my knowledge, not that I've seen anything, uh, from that standpoint, I will say that, you know, Doug Belk did move up from, he moved from uh, down on the field to up in the press box mm. uh, about you know, the defensive coordinator. I don't know how big of a deal that is, but uh, other than that, not really, uh, you know, it, it goes back to, it's, it's about guy getting, you know, it's about recruiting and then, then, you know, coaching them up when you get them here. And uh, it, it, it's the same coaching staff. And that's, that's another thing too. I think it's continuity because this has been, uh, this has been a, a run of, of about four or five years where there's been more continuity with this coaching staff than there has been in a long, long time. And, uh, and that's something they needed and uh, both, on both sides of the football. And I think that's going to make them better. And we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'm going to ask you a really unfair loaded question that you can answer right. any way you'd like to is Houston is Houston Cougars football ready for the big 12 or, or is it one of those, like, you don't know until you know type situation. Uh, you, you, well, that's the, I mean, yeah. If you want me to, you know, straddle the fence, uh, right now, as yeah. of what I saw at the end of the season, no, I don't think they're they're going to have to be ready because they're going to play in it. But uh, no, they're going to have to be better than they were. I mean, and I think, like I said, I, I'm I'm a U of H guy through and through. Uh, but they're going to have to get better. And 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 if anybody that's associated with the program looks at me, they go, you know, he's absolutely right. Uh, yeah, they're going to have to get better. And and does, does that mean they can't get better? I think I absolutely think they can get better. I think they're going to be better than they were. Uh, the year before, and they're going to have to be. Now, how, how does that play out against uh, better competition week in and week out? And and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, I, I think that's a fair question, and I think I think my answer is right. I, you know, were they ready at the end of the season? No, but they they better be by the time you know September rolls around next year. Yeah, and they played two Big Twelve opponents this year. Two really weird games, right? I mean, the yeah. those were both really strange, especially because the KU one, you have the rain delay. And KU like to get punched in the mouth too. It was a lightning delay, rain delay that happened. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah, but I'll tell you this: uh, watching that game on that day. Okay, what the Texas Tech game? I thought Houston, and this is no disrespect to Texas Tech. On that day, Houston was the better football team. I agree. Texas Tech won the game. You know, and and, and all credit goes to Texas Tech. Kansas was a better football team than Houston was that agree day. With that too. Uh, and, and, and also, I'll say this too: KU was a different team on whatever day that was, September 20th or whatever. That was a different KU team that day than it was in November because I think KU, they, they lost some steam as the game, as the season went on. I don't know exactly what their injuries were, things like that. That was a really good Kansas team I saw that day. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But I think that's a fair way to put it. I think Houston was better than Tech, got beat. Kansas was a better football team than, than Houston was on the day that they beat them. And I, I think Dana's, you know, he's not under any illusions. Like, this is a really good coaching league. It has to be, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. A lot of these programs, I mean, you know, K State, Iowa State, 
Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Like, if you want to win in some of these places, you're yeah. going to have to coach them up, man. You have to coach them up. Man. You have to coach them up and, and that's the challenge, right? It's like you yeah. went to Kansas in September, and that team's fully juiced. They're all healthy, and they kick their ass. You know, when, yep. once they got hit a couple times, they start kicking their ass. And it's like, you got to be ready for that. And yeah. I think you're kind of right. Like, Houston's not ready for that level of play week in and week out just yet, I don't think. Yeah. And, and but, uh, you know, Dana's going to have to get them ready and, and know. But and that's the thing, too. And you, you goes back to your question that, you know, that we talked about earlier was that. Uh, you know, if you if you want a guy that's been there, you've got a guy that's been there and knows right. what the expectations are. Uh, can they be ready to go? Yeah, I think they can be ready to go, but it's going to take some work. And, uh, you know, so that we'll see how, like I said, uh, we'll, you know, yeah, abs- it's going to be a level of competition week in and week out. And and how does you can't let, uh, you know, you can't let week four affect you in week five. You know what right. I mean? You can't let getting one, letting one get away against Texas Tech affect you the next week. And then you get, you know, don't make one loss turn into two. And those are the kind of things that uh, that they're going to have to be. And that's a mental thing, I, you know, from that standpoint. Uh, the two places you – because we don't have a schedule yet, and so you'll mm-hmm. be going to the games. So you actually get to travel these for sure. The two places that you'd most like to go to in 2023, <laughs> selfishly or team-wise, well, either uh, one. You know, it's interesting you ask that because for, for years I worked for Fox Sports Southwest, and uh, I did – I did – they're big 12 basketball packages. So I've been to every place in the big 12 with the exception of West Virginia, because West Virginia wasn't in the league when I was doing play by play on television. So I've been to every place there. Uh, You know, it's uh, it's there's, there's uh, every place is, Every place is different. Uh, there's no place in the Big 12 that I can go, oh, man, that place is terrible. I love Manhattan, Kansas. It's all, you can find something to do. I'm a positive guy, man. You, I'll, I'll find something fun to, you know, go, go find a nice restaurant, find, mm-hmm. find a fun place to go, go, have a, go have a beer and a burger and things like that. So I have no problem with any of those places in the Big 12. Going to Ames, man, just flying to Des Moines, drive up. I always enjoyed it during basketball season because, you know, I live, I live in a warm weather city. I always enjoyed mm-hmm. the, the cold up there and, and, and uh, just – what I loved about the Big 12, particularly on the basketball side, was just the enthusiasm. I mean, you go, you go to Waco and, 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 you know, man, the place would be, you know, the place would be jumping. You go to Hilton and, and go to Manhattan. You go to, you know, Fog Allen, obviously. But you go to all those places and, you know, the, the building's always jumping. And, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the atmosphere uh, of big-time college football, bigger-time college football, uh, because that's something that, that, uh, that, that I've missed and then I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, the basketball too. It's going to be. I mean, ah, it's going to be off change, man. It's oh, Houston, and, and look, I know they lost yesterday. I don't yeah. know when we're recording this, but like that that team in this league is going to fit in so perfectly. And you know, I've mentioned this talking to a few people the other day. Like Kansas, Houston is about to be a. It's going to be a thing. Yeah. Like it's going to be this awesome, amazing, budding rivalry, most likely. Yeah, yeah. Houston, anywhere else too. Yeah, Baylor's going to be there. I mean, this is going to be, you know, Texas Tech gets back to where they were. I mean, K-State's always a, always a you know, a tough place to play. Ask, ask Bill Self. I mean, yeah, that, right. you know, it's uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, Houston Houston just lost, to, you know, with their number one team in the country, just got beat at home. Game, you know, game they just couldn't couldn't throw it in the ocean, yeah. so it seemed. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Number one team in the country, they got beat. They gave up five field goals in the second half, and still, still you know, that's, it's, they can guard. They can guard, man. They can guard. They can but, rebound. I'll tell you that. Yeah, they can. They can. Uh, you know, just uh, in the final fours in Houston. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, hoping that they make a nice right. run in, in the NCAA tournament. It'd be fun and a good way to go into the Big Twelve. 
All right, Kevin, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? You know what? You ask me this every time, and I couldn't tell you what my Twitter handle is for for I, you know, I, I work it's at, Fox. at Kevin Esh One. We have it right here for Look you. <laughs> so you know, you know more than I do. So I do. I do. Such how in, in, interesting of a follow I am. But yeah, hey, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to you know University of Houston football for the last ten years. Uh, you know, Astros baseball, pre and post game shows, and and a few games here and there, and and uh, on the Rockets as well here in the Houston area. So that's uh, that's where people people can find me for the most part. Kevin Ashenfelder, the voice of the Houston Cougars. We appreciate your time. We'll talk to you again as the football season approaches in 2023. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it, Josh. Thanks for having me.